0: Welcome to Indy's Everything Talk. I'm your host, Indy, and this is where we talk about everything paranormal, true crime, music, current events, conspiracy theories, and so much more. If you have a story or would like to be on the show, please email me at Indy's Everything Talk at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of. Indies Everything Talk Podcast. Ah! I am so stinking excited to start this project finally and be here today because this has just really been a dream of mine. Um, Really working for myself has always been a dream of mine and I never really knew what I wanted to do. I've tried out lots of different things, doing hair, um, just working at home, just different kinds of things. And I am so glad that this is one of the new things I'm getting to try. Um, I'm getting set up right now, so I have a, I don't give a Hufflefuck um, uh, candle, (laughs) lost my words for a second, that I've got here. Also, everything that is recorded on the podcast is actually being recorded so that I can put it on Patreon so that y'all can actually see me. And then I will also have uh, pictures and everything on my Instagram and my Twitter. You can follow me there at Indies Everything Talk, um, Instagram and Twitter. No Facebook. I will not be doing Facebook. So every episode I'll be getting ready by uh, lighting my candle Getting my incense all started, which is what I am doing now. And we're doing sage, even though there's no paranormal stuff for this one. I still wanted to do sage. So let's get into the story. The first story we're going to be doing is Alabama's oldest unsolved crime. Alabama happens to be the state that I live in. I was actually not born here. I was born in Arkansas, but that's a later story for a later time. And, uh, this case actually has a lot of twists and turns. It originally happened in the eighties and it, that mobile police department did not even find a subject until 39 years later. Um, I said subject, uh, suspect, my mistake. (laughs) Also, I do want to give a warning right now. I should have done this before I started. I am not that great at reading aloud. Although, yes, I have actually written this story, so it should be a little better. Um, I apologize for stumbling. Um, But yeah, very interesting case. So now that I'm all set up, I've got my incense. I've got my candle lit. Everything is good to go. Let's get started. On September 11th, 1980, Sandra Cassidy Williams was found dead. She had been raped and stabbed to death in a cul-de-sac on Clement Court in Tolmanville, Alabama, located in Mobile County. Sandra was described by her family to have a great spirit, beautiful green eyes, a pretty smile, and someone who loved to dance not to mention uh, being a loving person who didn't have any enemies. She was working at Tammy's Fitness Center and lived at Summer Tree Apartments on Azalea Road, which is located only eight miles away from where her body was found. When officers arrived at her apartment, her car was still in its parking spot and there was no struggle within the residence, but her front door was found slightly ajar. The case went cold and no suspects were arrested or charged. In 2016, Sandra's case was reopened after her sister, Judy Barfield, brought it to the attention of state investigators. Detectives wanted to retest any DNA technology which was not available at the time of the murder and attempt to re-interview her friends, family, as well as any witnesses or neighbors which detectives speculate were not spoken to in the 1980 investigation. It is unclear what evidence the police retested or what evidence linked Alvin Ray Allen, who would have been 22 years old at the time of the murder, but on September 10, 2019, one short day before the 39th year anniversary of Sandra's death, Mobile Police Department issued a warrant for the now 61-year-old Alvin for the rape and murder Of Sandra following a secret indictment by a grand jury. In 2019, Alvin lived on Cheshire Drive, approximately eight miles away from where Sandra's body was found in 1980. When detectives arrived with a warrant to arrest Alan, he slammed the door in their faces and refused to come out. Alan's wife left peacefully, but he did not surrender until hours later when a SWAT team robot entered. Once arrested, Allen was booked but then accidentally released on bail less than three hours later due to a mistake between the clerk's office and the Mobile County Sheriff's office. His bail was supposed to be set at $100,000 with a $10,000 cash component, but he was initially released without paying the cash component. Then he was rearrested, at which time he paid the cash component to be released again. Sandra's family was at. Upset at the release, both initially or accidentally and intentionally. He pled not guilty for Sandra's murder on September 12, 2019, and was released under electronic monitoring. During house arrest, he was under orders not to contact the victim's family and could only go to his house, three rental properties, church, and lawyer's office until his status hearing, which was set for October 3rd, 2019. Allen's defense attorney filed a motion on January 28, 2020 to have his ankle monitor removed, stating that Allen had exhibited model behavior in the last four and a half months while being monitored, as well as having several ties to the community, four parcels of land, and presents no flight risk. Sandra's family was not happy about the motion, and her sister stated, It's a danger to the community. It's a danger to our family and just out of respect, the government needs to do the right thing. Allen was ultimately denied by a judge in February, and jury selection started early the next month for trial. On the morning of March 7, 2020, Sandra's family members gathered to release white and yellow balloons, her favorite colors, while they prayed over her grave. During the trial in March, Judge Brooks threw out statements Allen had made to the police after his arrest due to not being read his Miranda rights, although it is unclear what statements he made to the police. The trial ended in a hung jury that could not agree on a verdict. November 5th, the judge set another status hearing for February of 2021 with the intent of going to trial in March or April. With the district attorney and defense lawyers pushing for a set date, Judge Brooks assured both that the case would be prioritized. Allen was in the process of reaching a plea deal with Mobile County District Attorney, which was supposed to be finalized the morning of Thursday, February 11th, 2021. But when the family found out about it, they felt like it was just a slap on the wrist for murder. Thursday morning came with no plea deal, but instead Judge Brooks setting the status hearing for July of 2021 due due to COVID. The Mobile County Courthouse has been shut down or operating at a greatly reduced capacity for the past year due to the coronavirus pandemic. The lawyers for the prosecution and defense are both unable to speak about the case, citing a gag order set by the judge. Unfortunately, Allen's case will probably not be tried until 2022 for the simple fact that incarcerated defendants moved to the front of the line. Since he has been out on bail since shortly after his arrest, he is most likely to have to wait longer and for his trial hearing to be set. Allen has maintained his innocence the entire time and continues to do so. Okay, now it's time for Indy's hot take on the case. Um, first and foremost, out of all the articles that I read, out of all the things that I could find... There is absolutely no evidence that is to the public um, that Alvin Allen is connected to the case in any way. There is, they never say what evidence they found his DNA on. They never even say if they found his DNA something. They just say that they were going to retry any DNA evidence found and they were going to re-interview witnesses. So, it would lead you to believe that DNA was found from him, linking him to the crime, but I can't find anything about that. Um, Another hot take is it was a 19-year-old white woman in Mobile, Alabama, and the convicted would have been a 22-year-old black man in Mobile, Alabama, in the 80s. Um, Really no surprise that I would... I mean, maybe it's a surprise that I would think it, but there's no surprise that I think that there may be racial undertones in here. Like I said, there's absolutely no evidence tying this man to this case. So I'm very confused... Like if they would release something, like okay, and also what DNA evidence was it? Was it like his fingerprint on a McDonald's wrapper two feet away from the victim in someone's yard? Was it a fingerprint on one of the things that she owned that was found? There's they are also I couldn't really find any articles of like the evidence and not too terribly surprised because it is an ongoing case that there's not a lot that is open to the public that I could find. Um, but this is basically, an like, this guy's just hanging out until they figure out if he did it or not. Thank God he's not in jail um, because then I would really kind of feel bad. I don't know. Um, I'm very speculative of if the Mobile Police Department rushed to find somebody and it was the first person. There's just not enough. I always suspect racism. We're in Alabama. I'm going to be honest. I'm always going to suspect racism, especially against white people, towards black people. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Um. So, yeah, I just want to see the evidence that links him to the case. I want to know where the uh, evidence, what lab they used. I just, there are lots of questions I have. More questions than I have answers, to be quite honest. Um, When I initially uh, researched this case, I did not realize that the... Um, that there was a second trial. It just kind of said that there was a hung jury and nobody could ever figure it out. I, it took me a little while longer to realize that because I've been working on it for like a month now, <clears throat> and there isn't anything updated from like news outlets since I want to say like February of this year. With that being said, you know. With that being said, I just, um, I don't know. I need to see more evidence. I want the evidence. That is what I want. So, yeah. Um, That is my hot take on the case. Sorry for the alarm. It is 5 p.m. right now, which means I need to get ready to go get my child from work, no, from school, I send her to work, <coughs> I send her to work all day so I can stay home and record podcasts, <laughs> I'm just kidding, um, <clears throat> so that is my hot take on the case, I am going to upload the video of me Recording this podcast, I am going to upload the bloopers and everything else to Patreon. I'm going to upload my actual typey typey thing out to y'all and on my site so that y'all can look at it as well. And hopefully, there will be a hearing or a, yeah, a hearing set soon uh for mr allen and we can find out if he is innocent because he says he's innocent and thus far no evidence is tying him to the crime so i can't wait to see what happens next year until then stay safe stay spooky and as soon as there are updates on the case I will let you know they will definitely be in the pre-show notes. I would like to thank you again for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to see photos from the case follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Indies Everything Talk. If you have a story to share or would like to be on the show please email me at indieseverythingtalk at gmail.com. If you would like to support the podcast, head on over to Patreon. All links are in the show notes. I also wanted to give a very special thanks to my boyfriend, James, for all the love and support he gives me, not to mention my daughter who always keeps me going and my hell yes, Queens fans for encouraging me to start this crazy ass adventure in the first place. And last but not least myself, for having the courage to do this. Thank you and have a good night.